Welcome to Good Looking Out, episode 70, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. What's up, brother? Not much. How are you doing? I'm good. I got uh, I got a selection of beverages in here because I didn't. I, I was coming in here and I didn't know what I wanted to drink. Right. So I got a I got a Mountain Valley sparkling water, which you and nice. I are both big fans of. Big big fan. Yeah, it's a yeah. great one. Um, from the Waquita Mountains in USA, wherever the fuck that is. Where's Waquita? Oh, it's in Arkansas. Thank God. Um, yeah. Okay. It's actually pretty good. Um, they should be all over that at Walmart. You should be oh, getting that shit at Walmart. It's Washita. Like oh, Washita, Martin. That's how you. That's how you say Washita. Because Washita, I've heard of the Washita Mountains. That's a. That's a fucking thing. I've heard it in country songs. Hmm. Um. Okay. Well. Um. So I got that. Um. Nice sale at Whole Foods on that shit. Um. I got some bourbon. I got. A uh, couple. Yeah. Of, what do you what are you drinking on the bourbon? I got side? Buffalo Trace, just mm. s- standard. That's a, that's a solid solid choice. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I my brother in law is here, and he's a he's a Jameson man, so it's usually mm. Jameson through the holidays. But I wanted something that wasn't quite as Catholic. So, right. Um. So I got this hillbilly bourbon. Nice. You could have could have gotten Glenn Livett to pay homage to the to the wire. You know the famous line, "Me on Glenn Livett, you on the Jamie." That's right. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, Bunk the, and McNulty. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, I always put Bushmills as the counterpart because they're the right because that's the that's the Protestant right Irish yeah, whiskey. Yeah. One of my uh, professors in um, graduate school. Was a descendant of uh, the bu- the Bushmills. No shit. So he, yeah, and un- like enough so that like when um, his grandmother or whatever, who was the one who had the ownership or whatever, died, like he got like enough to buy a house in Oakland, just really? from his, you know, like great grandchild or grandchild portion of whatever the the funds were. But he said it's like. Yeah, it's like a thing. Like you walk into an Irish bar, it's like heresy to talk about bushmills. Fuck yeah, you don't you don't get bushmills. Unless you want to get your ass handed to you. Um, I got a couple of white clams here. Um, got got no laws, no fucking rules here, man. <laughs> I'm just doing, and I got a I got a beer too. I got four beverages. Yeah, yeah. You know what I've been doing um, recently? I actually went with. Uh, a different local one. It's a cider, uh, milk oh, okay. and honey uh, heirloom cider. But the thing, the thing that I've been really into here actually is uh, there's a local place called Sociable Cider that's doing really amazing ciders, and they have a mulled apple cider that's just like perfect for the holidays because mm. it tastes like you're drinking um, like apple, like a spiced apple cider. Um, so nice. Well, that's so, good. Yeah. I, I, Probably should grab one of those, but yeah, sociable cider. They're they're tearing it up here in Minneapolis. They're well, that's a cool. Room and oh, really? You can actually go get it. Go get that mold one hot, like in their tap. Oh, room fucking a! For, that's for cool. the holidays for a limited time. So oh, that's nice. Yeah, I was. I saw that bottle. I'm like, you drinking a fucking beer? I've never seen you drink a beer. No, out of a yeah, bottle. like a. Yeah, I'm kind of having like a cider, 
Like I would reluctantly drink a cider when I would go to a bar because usually they're like, you know, those like angry orchard or whatever. Like they're so yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. and there's kind of, you feel like you're drinking Kool-Aid or something. Yeah, it's bullshit. Uh, so and I can sweet. hardly make it through one because it's so sweet. Yeah. So I always like the like crispin, extra dry and some of those, but this sociable place like and some of these other local places, they're doing such interesting things that it makes me feel like, okay, we're finally starting to we're in the early stages of getting to a true cider culture here in the States, which I'm sure you have lots of amazing amazing options for like true dry ciders in the uh, like in the UK, but over well, here, you do you know, because it's like so, so underdeveloped. Yeah. Well, we don't have, we've never planted. We only plant what they call dessert apples here because people, right. There's no, nobody drank cider. So nobody, nobody planted cider trees. So there's no cider apples because you can't, you got to use a different apple than a dessert apple, like an eaten apple. Right. You're not making a fucking honey crisp, you know, unless you're making hooch in the lockup. Um, right. So, <laughs> Um, that's the reason that there's not a lot of cider or it's expensive or it's imported is it's, uh, you know, we don't have the, we don't have the, the, the goddamn apples. Um, so you keep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sipping away on that, that vital natural resource. Me, I'm going full artificial. There you go. Yeah. The goddamn. Black cherry. Good choice. Black cherry, white clam. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of, um, Black cherry is like a sort of polarizing flavor in sparkling water. Like some people yeah. f- associate it with medicine, like it tastes too medicinal to them. But yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, especially of the like the black cherry Waterloo. That's my jam. Like I pretty much almost exclusively drink that. And every once in a while, I'll rotate in a couple of grapefruit or maybe a mango. But like black really? cherry is that's 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 where it's at for me huh. with Waterloo. Now that you said cough syrup, it's well, what it tastes like to me. Now I'm going to get twice yeah. as fucked up. <laughs> I love that. It's just fucking scissor. Yeah. So um, here we are, man. End of the goddamn decade, yeah. huh? Yeah. Jesus, yeah, we I, made I, it. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we're like... Uh, Nobody's talking about that. A few final days here in the, the end of the decade. Do the best of? 20, 2020. Best of man, the year. like... Right, some shit, right? Yeah. Someone someone posted a thing now that um if you use the same year different year differential between when that 70s show was made in the 90s to now, if they made a show that was like supposed to be a nostalgic trip like that 70s show and you use the same amount of years in between when they made it and when they when it was supposed to be taking place, the show that they made now would take place in 1997. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, right? Oh my god. Right. What yeah, 23 fuck? years later, you know. It's it's pretty crazy. To, wow. To think that I I think it's um because of the generation we come from, like to us 2000 just happened. It absolutely did. Yeah. But it happened 20 years ago. So it's, it's kind of it? kind of a, a trip. It's like Gen X will always have a hard time perceiving that time. Because of when it fell for us in our lives or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Like, and it feels like if you were to do a period piece, like, it wouldn't feel that much like a period piece. I mean, that 70s show, there's so much iconic stuff just visually, right? To, to young kids, it would. Like, to my kids. They'd be like, uh, look at this old ass shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Huh. 
It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you and I, I mean, would was, just be like, "That's super sweet hair. I should do that again." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. fucking, I was I was living in San Francisco in '97, and I that feels like just yesterday, but yeah. it so totally wasn't just yesterday. Yeah. When did you leave? It was literally half my life ago. When uh, did you leave San Francisco? 1997. You left in ni- uh, 2000. Okay, so from we had 95 what? to 2000. I never. We had crossover there. We had uh, overlap there because I moved yeah. there in beginning of 99. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I was probably mostly gone by I spent a, like 6 months or 9 months of 99 in Chicago. So I say I lived there for 5 years, but I really lived there for four and a half. Yep. Well, Jesus, man. Yeah, it's always funny too seeing like the um, I bought this science fiction movie the other day. Like, I, I got a, a a Super 8 projector, and I started buying those movies. Um, Holy shit. That's so fun. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, and I bought some weirdo, like, just a, like, short, real, like, 20-minute um, science fiction movie um, about – 2021 when people are absolutely going to be living on the moon and that we're, you know, mining. And, and it's funny cause it's like, it's not that unbelievable. Like we're trying to do it right now. They weren't that far off, but right. It's always, isn't it yeah. always funny seeing like, yeah, they might be off by like 10, 15 years, but <laughs> not, yeah, not super far off. It's pretty close. Yeah. People are starting bad. to seriously talk about it. Yeah. I know. Fuck man. Well, so uh shit, I, you got some I picks? Thought, what do you what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for this episode, uh we're going to call this our year sort of year in review episode that we have done every year we've had the podcast. Yeah. Um uh actually, you know, I'm going to pause for a second before we get into this. I want to apologize to everyone. So, uh, the reason why there's been such a time lapse in between uh the last episode and this episode is because I actually moved houses, so I had to tear down my whole recording room and set up and get that reestablished at a new house. And we've been having some issues at this new house. Our, the furnace went out and you know, I've been just kind of dealing with that stuff. So that's why it's been so long. So this is going to be our uh, end of year recap episode where we pick one, one pick in each category or as close to one pick as possible in each <laughs> category that we normally talk about uh, best of for us, in our opinion, that something that had an impact on us this year and then afterwards, um, I like to talk about just some other stuff that's going on. So we'll do our best of picks first, get through those, and then just talk about some other stuff. Okay, that's been going on. Sounds good. So, sounds good. So, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm like you said. I didn't like. I feel like I usually go through and, um, and have like a point of view. Like I'm a fucking professor on what the best movie. Or the best record or whatever it was. But, yeah, I did the same thing as you, and I just had picks that were, um, you know, were the best for me, that were the most impactful for me for the year. Um, and, there, you know, there may be some shit that people don't agree with, you know. Um, I mean, there's some shit you're going to be absolutely wrong if you don't agree with, like The Irishman <laughs> being the best movie of the year, obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like we'll get into it. We'll are get are into you it. actually going to pick that? No, oh it's not my, my pick. Right. It's not my pick. Okay, 
That's fine. But we're still gonna get into it. It's not even the best thing on Netflix right now, let alone the best movie of the year. Jesus Christ. Um well what uh you want me to start? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so my best record of the year um is um is this guy named um Madhu Mokhtar who is from uh, Niger, and he's been around. His first record was about 10 years ago. Um, and music from that part of the world has been, thankfully, getting some attention um, over the last, like, I mean, it started really picking up probably about six or seven years ago um, where this guy started a um, these compilations called Music from Saharan cell phones. Have you heard about these, these no. comps? So the way that music is traded in Northern Africa and Northwest Africa is super interesting. And it's what has made like a, a very cool scene there. It's hard to have a scene in a world that is Spotify and everything is like a second. It's like one fucking fingertip away, you know? And it's not necessarily hard, I guess, but it's just different than it used to be. This um, the way that music is shared there is through cell phones because the whole country operates on cell phones. So mm-hmm. you're talking about a continent that has half a billion people with no electricity, right? right. And they don't have laptops. They don't have computers. They, they live by cell phone, right? So mm. everything is is on their phone. Like they use phones to identify like medications or to – learn about a fucking natural disaster or otherwise. And um, and they also share music that way. So they, they'll load up SIM cards with music and they share SIM cards in between friends. Hmm. And um, so this guy, Madhu Mukhtar, he, um, he, that's, he came up in that scene. Um, Sahel Sounds, Saharan Sounds um, is the name of the label. And um, his first record was in 2007, I think, and this year, um, he released a record called Ilana, which means the creator. And for me was, um, was definitely the, the best record of the year. Um, in a year where there, obviously there's great music every year, but this one was the one that did it for me. I'll I'll play, um, I'll play the, give us a um, cut. Yeah. Let me give you a cut off of this. Check it out. 
so that's your man. Um, and I just love it, man. There's so much, like, so that's Berber music um, from the Berber mm-hmm. people. And, you know, that part of the world has got so much interesting music in Mali and Niger. Um, you know, it's modernized Berber music. Um, you know, in Burkina Faso, they've got, like, the Toreg yeah. music. Um that's been modernized and it's, you know, and it's, um, the sound is very much, um, like lo-fi, you know, um, because it needs to sound good on a cell phone. Um, and it, and it needs to sound good on a shit amp, um, and a shit guitar. And it's all about chops. So they're like Hendrix kind of like chops with like, psychedelic droning and it's just it's yeah but with it's a cool with a killer backbone like all of the beats that you need it's it's full of soul and super listenable you know yeah super listenable I dig it. that thing killed me that's definitely my pick for the year um and i'll say um I, i'd say honorable mention would be um big thief they i thought this year were so great releasing those two records within like two months of each other, which I love somebody that's working, you know, um, yeah. I lo- we haven't seen that since guns and roses use your illusion one and two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hard workers, right. Fuck them. Um, but I love, I love somebody that's cutting records like that. And two hands is the, the one that was released most recently, uh, only a few months after, um, UFOF, and both of them, I think, are really great. Two Hands maybe a little bit better, but um, great records. Um, and uh, before I move on, I'll just throw it into so I don't make a whole, like, another category of it. I will say there have been some killer, you know, I'm always on the re-release tip in the reissues. Um, and there were some great jazz reissues this year. Um Lots of, um, it was a great Stan Getz reissue, a great, um, like for some reason, tenor saxophone, there was, was in the spotlight for reissues this year, but, um, the best, I think, I don't know if anybody would really argue. I think the best reissue and like remix is the, is the Abbey Road reissue is that came out in the very end of September. It's fucking amazing. Um, it's like you've never heard the record before. Unbelievable. So one of the most important records ever and been completely remixed by the dude who recorded it to begin with. So, um, and it's cheap, you know, it's great. So those are the picks. What do you got on your end? Well, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to just to keep this somewhat cohesive. I'm going to go with my, my music pick for the year. So, um, you know, I'm not nearly as into music. I don't get into as much new stuff as you do, but um, something that really made an impact on me this year, um, which was, it's great to see someone you love continue to do interesting stuff. And for me, it was um, Danny Danny Brown's um, new record, You Know What I'm Saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, what I love about Danny Brown is he re- feels like a true and honest bridge between like classic sort of... Um, like someone like a Snoop Dogg, like old school, like very OG, like California sounding um, hip hop and like a lot of the new stuff that's happening in the culture. 
Um, so I, I think he's an awesome lyricist. He has a unique style. Whoever he gets to produce his stuff is like picking killer samples. Um, I picked one of the, the song I'm going to play is a, a, a song called theme song. That's actually not one of the, like, tra- it's one of the deeper cuts. It's not one of the tracks that's popping because it doesn't have run the jewels featured on it. And some of the other, right. like some of the other tracks do, but, uh, I'll, uh, I'll play this for you quick. You can act stupid if you want to Never play by the rules, do just what I want to Came up in this bitch tongue, got without a front to Now who they say is number one influence, so he number two Yeah, he dance good, but guess where he got the moves But compared to me Look like he wear two left shoes Boy, I treat them love verses like the restrooms Take my hand and dance with the devil Oh boy, you in truck Rattle the line your cage Oh, guys, break it down while you're bringing on stage Just at your burial, smoke squares at your grave Then repent for my sins like, God, I'm saved He always forgive, later on I forget I have my fingers crossed, so I'm back on that shit Catch another body for the song, it makes The bullets is the lyrics, turn the rapper to a spirit Yes. Singing with the angels, nigga long gone The song's like Bishop Eddie Long with a thong on Nigga, I'm the wrong one to front on My balls on her kick cat, now she playing ping pong Nigga, that's the thing That record, like, top to bottom is just, like, really great It's one of the few, um, especially hip-hop records That I feel like you can just, it's, you know, at least for a long time You can just put on and spin the entire thing And you're yep. gonna be you know, well served through the through all the tracks and the whole record. So oh yeah, I'm glad to see him like still continue to do strong, awesome stuff. Like I think he's an interesting guy. Oh, I do for sure, man. I've been a fan of his since I first discovered him, which was not that long ago. I mean, like I don't know, like six years ago, five six years ago. I think I discovered him. Maybe, no, actually, that's a lie because we were we were still on Lindale, um, in the old office. When I remember the day I discovered him, I was like, holy shit, this yeah. dude is, there's nobody like him. I was yeah. obsessed with him. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good pick, man. Very good. Um, and then uh, I would throw out an honorable mention. It's funny uh, because we haven't recorded in a while. This is just the last episode that I talked about them. But that um, band that Dom Erickson is in, Milo, they continue to, like, they're playing bigger and bigger st- stages. They're opening up for people. I think they just got a... Um, a national booking agent from the East Coast. They're starting to play really big college shows, and they're getting to the point where, like, um, Christian was telling me when they play high house shows here, they the band can't even move because they have people surrounding them on all 360 sides. Oh, that's so, fun. Like, it's gotten to the point where, like, and the last show, it was packed in like that, like they couldn't even move, and they had announced that, that the show that morning. So they were like, that to the point where if they want to play house show, they can't even announce it. They just have to show up and play. So they're going to be huge. They're blown up. That's great. That's awesome. And they're so they're great. They continue to do really interesting stuff too. So Milo M I L O E, check them out on Spotify. Oh yeah, that's killer. That's so fun to have that happening at that age, right? Um, and to good people, I love it. That's awesome. Um, shit, I'm already cracking into my second white clam here. Well, oh, black you know, cherry. We're getting down to business. Dose, yeah. I'm going to put some, put a little bit of the buzz on and get the fucking picks rolling here. Um, 
All right, well, where to next? Um, I think, um, well, TV. I'll go to TV. Um, million great shows, right? Um, I mean, it's it's fucking brutal to even, like, try and, I mean, brutal. Listen to me complaining that there's too much good shit, but um, there's so many. Um, Fleabag, I think, is fucking great. There's... Fleabag um, was great. There's, I mean, Fleabag is what you know. Not only is it like so witty and so well done, but what I love about that is you can pretty much just sit down and watch it like it's a movie. You know, it's like yeah. one sitting, sort of. You just crush that thing. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and so many others. I, I, but you know, I'll tell you my pick. The one that for me that I just enjoyed more than any this year was Succession. It was just yeah. so fucking good. I mean, and it's a really good pick. Euphoria yeah. is, I mean, that shit's groundbreaking, and yeah, and and you know, arguably more important than Succession. And but for me, oh, those. It's so funny that you say this because those were probably my. I wrestled between three options, and those two, um, Succession and Euphoria. You know, both amazing. Yeah, I mean, oh, TV, good. In some way, for me, TV was like much harder than than movies. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, for me too. There was a clear cut winner in movies. TV was a little bit more difficult. Well, that makes me feel smart that you like Succession too. Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah, I also love it when shows. Very few shows get stronger as they go on. I think, and I think the second season of Succession was actually stronger than the first. Oh, it absolutely was. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, and, and if, you know, being a Brian Cox fan, um, and it, it just seeing it get like deeper, more Shakespearean, more interwoven and seeing the artifice of money fall away where it doesn't like, that's just, that's purely a backdrop. It doesn't matter. Like, because for right. them it's has money has nothing to do with anything. I mean, it's the motivator, right. but it's points, right? And it's just, but it's all yeah. about self worth, and it's all about um, relationships and and double crossing and trying to like understand where what somebody else's motivation is, and you know, and dealing with your interpretation of it and how you show up in the world. It's just so fucking interesting. Like, it, it, you, I, I think, could look at it and be like, well, how am I going to identify like Euphoria? There's obviously a lot of characters in there that are easy to identify with, you know. Um, yeah. But this, um, it, it doesn't, it does it has nothing to do with money. Right. It, um, but it has everything to do with money, but I mean. Yeah, in some ways, because they're so rich, it doesn't have much to do with money. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, they can, it's only a few of the people around them that are willing to basically literally get down on the floor and debase themselves because of money. Like yep. to them, like no matter what they do, they're going to be, have so much money that they can't possibly spend it in the rest of their lives. Yeah. So then it becomes about the relationships and really power and what the money can get you. Yeah. Most of them want power and yep. impact and importance. Because you look at, you look at him and you're like, why would you like, why aren't you, you know, because a big question that happens in the second season is like, why are you just sell it, sell the thing. Like, you're almost dead right. anyway. Like, why would you, like, go enjoy the money and, 
And then you see that character, and you're like, there's no fucking way he would sell it. Like, there's nothing. No. There's no chance. Money has right. nothing to do with His it. His life would be over if he sold that company. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just love it. Very interesting. Just fucking love that show. Um, Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> I think we talked about that last yes. week. I fucking love Righteous it. Gemstones. <laughs> I absolutely loved. You know, it's, it's, so it's entertaining. It's super funny. Well done. I think it's. Um, the best iteration of that crew of people doing that thing. Agreed. Um, so yeah. far, it was my favorite. Um, so, but yeah, I'm not going to put that. You can't really put it next to those other shows. It's just a <laughs> no, no. It's a Danny McBride beast with beast of different stripes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's so fun. Um, oh fuck! What was I just gonna? Uh, I just had some fucking super important. It'll pop back up. Um, I was gonna ask you. I forget. But um, Danny McBride and the sister, right? The sister. Yes. He's like, e- even your butthole, sis. And he's, she's like, yeah. that's sweet. Thank you. It's fucking yeah. so good. It's so good. I actually, um, when the show was over, Christian uh, and I were having a conversation on Twitter about it, about how she totally made the show and was the best character. And she oh, yeah. uh, re- retweeted and liked her. Our tweets. Oh, that's funny. So I actually interacted with Judy Gemstone. Oh, right on. The actress who plays Judy Gemstone, who also writes for the show and does a bunch of other stuff as well. <laughs> Her fucking um, lines are the best. She's awesome. She has the yeah. best, like, yeah, because that show is all about, like, is all about the 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 fadeaway jumper. It's like, yes. you know, it's all about that. And she has the best ones, you know. The, she has the the greatest like, yeah, yeah. That show's super fun. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you got? What's your what do you got for a pick? What's your? Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Sorry, before you go. Um, and and I hope this doesn't d- dig into your picks, but um, I, you would have mentioned. I, I I feel like this is not your pick. Um, Watchmen. That's my pick. Oh, well, <laughs> Senator. This. Yeah, the stage is yours. Yeah, Watchmen is actually my pick, um, and the reason why I personally chose it over those other ones is because, like, discovering and granted, this show doesn't really have that much to do with Alan Moore, other than it operates in the universe that he created. But Alan Moore and that comic book was like incredibly important to me at a pivotal sort of moment in my sort of adolescence, um, and I just I. I was I collected the single issues as it was coming out. Oh wow! Um, you know I still have them all. Right on. Uh, and they're uh, unfortunately they're you would think they'd be worth a lot of money. They're not worth anything. Oh, they're not. I was going to say like, that could be. You can get all the individual issues for like thirty bucks on eBay. Oh bullshit! So which is like about the same price as you'd pay for the for the uh, trade, like seventh printing of the trade. Yeah. Or whatever. Weird. Or the ninth or the eleventh printing. Who knows what it is. Oh, who fucking knows? Yeah. Um, so I went into the Watchmen very skeptical. Oh, me too. The the only way I'm gonna be able to like this is if I see it as like almost its own thing. And I was very pleasantly surprised by how well they actually tied into some of the like old school universe stuff as we built upon it. In a really interesting way. And so my biggest, like, second only to my hatred of John Favreau, I am constantly critiquing Damon Lindelof as, like, a person who knows how to, like, 
build suspense, but literally cannot stick the landing and pay you can't it pay off. Can't pay it off. Anyway. Yeah, that's every can yeah. never pay it off. Yeah, and granted, I never finished the leftovers, which I guess people did like the way that that resolved. Yeah, but I have to I did. say the way the way that they intricately wove all of the the plots and the reveals and all the stuff in this was just masterfully done. Mm. It was really really enjoyable. Um, down to the final moments of the final episode. So I I just thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. I thought it was original. I uh, love the sort of alternate take on history that provides a lot of commentary on current events that are happening right now. Oh, God. For me, it was like, I love Succession. I absolutely love Euphoria. And if, if it was like, yeah, Euphoria is probably a more innovative, definitely more groundbreaking show. Yeah. But for me... Um, Maybe there's some recency bias happening here as well, but Watchmen, like, I just thought I was so pleasantly surprised by it and so wowed by how the quality and how they consistently delivered that I absolutely loved it. Oh, man, it's so fun and so enjoyable and so fucking layered. Um, I had watched it, um, uh, you know, a number of the episodes before my brother-in-law came out, and he's... um, He's a genius, and he's, I don't know, I think everybody's a fucking genius. Not everybody, but um, I'm always, I don't know, I always get, like, I love hearing, I love, I just love it when, like, I love talking to you about, that's why we do this whole podcast. I love talking to you, because you're a smart person, and I love to hear, like I said, it's, I feel validated when a smart person's like, oh yeah, no, succession is, <laughs> I'm like, oh, phew, all right, good. All right, I'm not fucking, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Um. But he was like, he was hipping me to like all kinds of fucking inside shit on that would, because I haven't read the comic in fuck 20 years. I mean, actually, yeah, 20 right. years. I've, I found it in, well, 2000, I found that, that comic. Um, okay. So I was late to the game. Um, and um, a close friend, my roommate, Brett, gave it to me. He's like, you got, he's like, because he was, he was just another like kind of, Huge influence. You know how you have those people in your life that are like, introduce you to yep. Big Star, and you're like, oh my God. And your life is never the same again, you know? He's right. he's one of those people. And like, he's like, do you, do you know this, Alan Moore, Watchmen? And I was like, no, no idea. He's like, oh, see you later. Here you go. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking great. And then when the thing came out, um, just got, it just was eating it up because it's so well done, so well acted, so well written. Um, and there's Easter eggs and just fucking shit to uncover for fans all over the place in that thing. Just yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. In a way, it's almost intimidating. Like, as a content creator, like, I look at this and the bar is so fucking high. You're like, how am I ever going to fucking keep up? How do I ever compete at this level? Like, right? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even follow a lot of the like, so there was some extra online content and stuff that was exclusive. Like, oh. evidently, they revealed the sort of side story of who Lube Man is. Like, that was revealed online. Oh, no so shit. I don't know if you, know if you follow, Who's follow got time that. for that, man. But like, it's kind of like, it's, it's pretty funny. It's actually pretty entertaining. I'm like, sure it's great. They revealed who Lube Man is, and like it's someone that you see in the main storyline, and you're like, "Oh, of course!" Once you find out, you're like, "Of course, it's that guy." <laughs> so, oh, fun. Well, that's great. I'm glad that was your pick, man. I wanted to talk about that. Um, 
And actually, now that I think about it, I should have just known that would be your pick. That's, that's so one, one on, thing I have to say very that, on that, brand uh, for you. One thing I have to say, I'm I've I'm r- slightly remiss, and I think I've been shamed into going back and checking it out, but I kind of got like bogged down in Legion season two um and didn't finish it. And Same here. season three just wrapped up. And uh David Bean Cooley, the TV critic for NPR, picked Legion. Um, really? As one of his be- best shows of the year. So huh. I kind of feel like b- just based on that, I need to go back. and I should go back. You hit me to that um, and loved it. Um, and, yeah, it fell out, I fell out of it in season two. Um, but that – all right. I'll, I'll give that another go. Um, be- before we move on from TV, though, I have to um, just – I, I got to hear um, what you think about, like – the the like rebirth of John Favreau and the genius <laughs> and, and I've gone oh, back the, and watched Chef and I'll tell you man that shit it's we missed a lot of shit I think there's an unfair <laughs> finger being pointed no, his way no no fucking way <laughs> there's no more deserved scorn or hatred on the planet than John Favreau come on um, what do you have so, to say so but, it's funny how so that show's JG, fucking great man. Yeah, our good friend Jonathan Green was um, texting me about this today, um, earlier, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat basically exactly what I said to him. Okay. So my, here's my take on the Mandalorian. I think it's a good show. I don't think it's great, but the thing is, it pushes like lots of the right buttons for me. So I, one of my favorite. Speaking of comic books, one of my other favorite comic books growing up that I read around the same time as The Watchmen was uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, which it's is fucking the, full. That's all I've been yeah. saying is it's Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> right. It's totally Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Lone Wolf and Cub was this graphic novel. They made a movie out of it called The Assassin with the Baby Cart. And it's basically the story of this uh, guy who's a, uh, an assassin for the Shogun. There's a switching of power and... Um, he ends up basically being like kind of like a Ronin, sort of like an assassin for hire, traveling the land, and he has his young son with him who he pushes around in a baby cart. And um, love love that. I love all the references to the Seven Samurai episode, and like you know, there's there's lots of and classic the spaghetti westerns, westerns and yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love Pedro Pascal. I think he's he's doing. It. Like as good a job as he can being stuck behind a mask all the time. Yeah. You know, like I think they're leaning into the strong and silent thing a little too much. I think the, the, I'm hoping to see the, a little more dynamic writing in the second season, but, um, but the world, I mean, come on. What's, yeah. what's the matter no, with it's you? Great. Why you it's great. It's great. It, so, so, so to, to, to put the sentence together for you, John Favreau has created genius. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, so here's the other thing that I think about it is I think Kathleen Kennedy, who former <laughs> used to be the head of Lucas arts after George Lucas, uh, retired. She's the one who came up with like the whole baby Yoda thing and all that. I feel like John Favreau is getting credit for like Kathleen Kennedy's hard work. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. And you may be right. I don't know, but I mean, it seems as though he's got, a lot to do with the TV show. I don't know. You may have to. You may have to. Yeah, 
I mean, he had as much to do as J.J. Abrams did when with Ryan <laughs> uh, Ryan Johnson's second movie in the Star Wars trilogy. His name's on it. <laughs> he wrote and directed half of the episodes. Um, it's really Favreau. Yeah. No, he had a team of writers. Dude, I don't know. I mean, I didn't look closely, but I mean, I saw written by John Favreau. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? We're gonna so, go find some I, babies, baby. Right. Um, I, I think so. I think the universe is awesome. I think the premise of it is awesome. I've really enjoyed some of the episodes. Some of the episodes, I think, are a little forgettable. Honestly, they are. They are. But, so, and it's and it's. It, but the here's the thing, though. Like for a a burgeoning platform that is uh, that is it's an obvious play, right? For subscriptions. Um, and they've, yeah. they've got the $7 fucking plan, which is an easy yes. Um, yep. and they're, and so they got to double down hard on a few like key, like, you know, like prim, front and center, like keystone pieces, right? Some properties that are going to be, oh, I have to fuck like the Sopranos type of play. So, yeah. And then you look at what. And that is not bad because usually when uh, you look at how Apple's handling it, and it's extremely clumsy and fucking ham-fisted, and they have just garbage content. Yeah. By the way, I think Jason Momoa is the John Favreau of actors. Dude, how bad is that show? I watched. I, I watched I mean, the full. I watched the full first episode. Did you just really? to I see? I'm not gonna go anywhere near that. Just show, to see. Jason Momoa cannot act to save his life. Hey, he's beautiful though. Oh my God, he's beautiful. I mean that—that's what you, that's basically why he's getting all these parts. Oh, he's beautiful. Um, so you know handsome. That he's married to Lisa Bonet. I, right? Is he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. He's married to Lisa Bonet. He could have done way better than Lisa Bonet. <laughs> oh, I mean. Oh, that's a drag. Whatever. He's like twenty years her yeah. junior. He is. That's yeah. a wow. She's still pulling like that, huh? All right. Um, yeah, good for I mean, her, they man. Have like th- three kids together or something like that. Do they know. really? Yeah. The fuck out of here. What is she? Fifty? I have no idea. She's got to yeah. be at least. Um, well, son of a bitch, man. Um, it's some garbage. I watched the whole episode, and it's just like, especially. Uh, I'm not. Uh, let's not dig into it, but it's fucking crap. Mandalorian, super fun. We've been. It's the first time that I've been able to like. Jack and I are like equally excited. Like we're waiting for the new episode to come out. We talk about it all the time. It's the first nice. thing that we can like jointly That's awesome. like experience he, together, you know. Yeah. He's gonna remember that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he is for sure. It's awesome. For sure he will. Because the movie I remember. He's into, yeah. I mean, I a lot of like my sharpest like early memories are related to either um TV movies or books. Yeah, makes sense, right? I mean, they're made to yeah to cause an imprint. I I remember being at, and this was like the days when there were like three channels, and there's no such thing as like VCRs, let alone DVRs, or like on demand. I was at my uncle's house. And we were like hanging out, just he and I for the summer. I don't know what was going on, but um, the Lord of the Rings Rankin and Bass movie came on. Oh, okay. And it just like blew my mind. We just like all, I just begged for whatever plans we had to just go out the window so I could just sit and watch this like 
two and a half hours or three hours of this Rankin and Bass Lord of the Rings, which like goes through the first book up a little bit through the two towers and like weirdly cuts off. I think they were always supposed to make oh, another a second one. Yeah. And they lost the funding and they never did it. So I was like, literally, it's at the point of the two hours where the two towers where the massive army arrives and like all the arrows are flying through the air and they literally cut Stop as it. the arrows, like before the arrows even land. And I was just like, what, what, what's going on? Like, where's oh the my rest God. of this? Really? Whatever. So, but I was just so, so hungry for any content like that when I was a kid. Cause there wasn't such a thing as like, there were no kids channels. There wasn't, you know, oh, fuck no. any of the stuff that we have now. So you'd hardly ever see something like that. So to see that just like come on on accident and stumble into it was just unbelievable. And probably so, to be able to watch it with him. Right. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To like have like a, absolutely somebody like, cause you had questions. I'm sure. Right. I, yeah, I can't remember if I had, I, I think that I had started, I had at least read the Hobbit. I might not have read, um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy yet, but I had for sure read the Hobbit at least. All right. So you're, so that's third grade for you. Fucking nerd. Pretty much. <laughs> food product. Top food product. All right. Before let's, I don't want, I want to make sure that we're, Look at time. We're all right. You do have some other stuff you want to cover. Um, oh yeah. Um, I'm going to go into my a food, couple food product picks. Um, yeah, let's hear it. But before I do that, real, real quick, tell me what. Um, oh, never. I think you already told me. But what, what are you doing for? Um, are you are you cooking for over the holiday break, or what are you doing? Yeah, I was supposed to. I was supposed to do a prime rib today for my uh, in laws' Christmas. I was going to do it on the pellet smoker uh today and yeah yeah we all celebrate early with the in-laws and we go down to my mom's that's house right for that's like right proper christmas yeah so uh but my since my younger daughter was sick i didn't do it so i just i sent it with them it was cooked down there they didn't want it to like cooked in the flu zone you know so where'd you buy it uh this is actually came from a cow that was slaughtered on my sister-in-law's farm Jesus Christ. Well, mine came from fucking Costco, so that's go, right. go head to head I mean, there. That's where, that's, that's where I normally go. You know, get a couple of, uh, you know, what is the, what's above the one above choice? Prime. It's, uh, prime. You, yeah, yeah. you get the prime tenderloin or whatever. Yeah, I get the prime. Do a couple of those up. Yeah, I get the prime rib, um, like the prime cut. Um, yep. And um, I got a place. Um, there's a spot, Huntington Meats in the um, in the Fairfax Farmers Market that is a proper butcher, um, best butcher that I know of in town. Um, mm. For for a town this size, you'd be shocked at how few choices there are when it comes down to being like the right thing and being like I don't know. You think there'd be a shitload of butchers, right? There's not. You got to go there. Um, anyway, they do an aged prime rib there that is, um, it's like $40 a pound, 50, oh, maybe $50 a pound, which gets wow. a little stupid because you're at like $500 for, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not fucking with $500 roast, mainly because I'm. I, there's a chance, like I might fuck it up, you know. It's been known to happen. Well, not that often. Also, like. 
If you're feeding that to a six-year-old, like... Oh, that asshole. Exactly. <laughs> Sincerely. Fucking He's... pearls before swine. Um, yeah. So I, I've been... I, for years, I've done the same thing as I get it at Costco, and I age it in my fridge. You know, I wrap it mm. um, in cheesecloth, and it stays in the fridge for... I mean, I'm not doing it for, for two months, which is what you should do it for. Um, but fuck it. It's, it's great. Um, so... I'm doing that um, simple, easy, nothing. I'm doing that. I'm doing broccoli with hollandaise mashed and uh, and fuck you. That's it. I'm going to make um, – Wait, you're doing mashed broccoli? Sorry, mashed potato. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. Yeah, mashed potato. That sounds good. It's great. You know, That's Vivian's three things. Like, if uh, my younger daughter, Vivian, if she was on death row, you know, her meal would be like steak, mashed potatoes, and broccoli. That's like her favorite. That's her go-to. It's so good. Like birthday meal, you know, that's what she would do. Had a girl. She's smart. Um, Okay. Well, let's keep it moving. Um, like, Just wanted to hear what you were yeah. up to for that. For Oh, I'm, I'm going to do um, – I like to bring shit to neighbors, um, and I'm going to do – uh, Portuguese Caldo Verde for Christmas Eve. I've been trying to start a Christmas nice. Eve tradition because I, I got this baby now, and you want to have a tradition for the babies that they do. For sure. So they can remember, like, oh, yeah, Christmas Eve, we do this, we do this. So yeah. this is a – and I haven't – like, Christmas Eve has been different every year. Um, So now I think I got it. It's going to be – I bought a bunch of – I told her I got that projector. Oh, excuse me. A white clam. Went down the wrong pipe. Um, so um, I, I bought some uh, Christmas movies, like Mickey Mouse Christmas cartoons and um, nice. Disney cartoons. So bust those out. And, and plus the Bowen family, my, my in-law, their side of the family, they have a bunch of um, eight-millimeter footage. So um, I got all those pulled out. We'll watch the Christmas movies. Christmas Eve, Sweet. I'll make caldo verde, which is kale, kale soup, Portuguese kale soup. And then I ship that out to the neighbors. Um, I'll make a big, huge pot of it. That goes to the neighbors, and that's, that's what's happening there. Nice. So food product for 2019. Yeah. Um, I discovered, oh, my God, I, was, I spent four days on the pot. I discovered the fucking chili onion crunch. Oil at Trader Joe's. Um, it's new this year, 2019. Um, and I couldn't, like, I blacked out for, like, three days and just fucking ate it nonstop. Like, had baguettes just mashing them into the fucking jar and shoveling it into the fucking chili hole. Just nonstop eating this fucking thing. I ate three jars. I ate a jar a day for three days. Jesus. The chili onion so crunch. So what what is it? It's olive oil. No. So here's what it is. Hey, do you know um, Do you know the Lao Gan Ma? The um, the yes. Okay. The the Chinese crunchy chili oil that's sweeping the nation. It, they own China. They got fucking. They got the like. This lady like cre- She used to. She had a roadside stand and she used to sell um, noodle bowls and she made her own. Um, and, and this is like everything in China. They've been making it for 3,000 fucking years, you know. And she had her own version of this. Basically what it is is oil, um, you know, uh, 
peanut oil, kind of a bland, um, not not like a sesame oil, but it's a bland oil, like peanut oil. And in the okay. oil is um, chili peppers that are not okay. crushed, but cut into, you know, like a quarter inch. Okay. Um, you know. Like a dice? Yeah, like diced. They're, they're dried chili peppers, so they're cut into like quarter inch pieces, and then inside of it is also um, I don't know how I honestly don't know how they make it, but it's like dehydrated chili, uh, garlic. So hmm. the oil is just extremely flavorful, but it has like so it hits all the flavors except for sweet. Um, there's a little bit of sweet in the garlic though, like it's sweet, it's savory, it's spicy, it's rich with the oil. Umami from they put sometimes they put uh, fermented black beans in it, so it's got every fucking thing in it, and um, you just shovel it onto rice and you're fucking laughing. The shit's unbelievable. And there's like a whole cult thing that this past year people have been going ape shit over it, but this Trader Joe's version of it is just a white person's version. It's just non-Asian Laogenma. So. Um, right. And for it's not as good as Laogen Ma, but for whatever reason, like I just got fucking hooked on the shit and I can't stop eating it. Yeah. Can't I stop. I mean, tahin isn't as good as like actually making it yourself, but like. Oh, God. Know, when you're f- in a pinch and you just fuck? cut open a fucking watermelon or whatever, like. Right. You know, go to town. Exactly. So that's the food. For me, the food product of the year is the Trader Joe's. Chili onion crunch. It's a dollar. Who knows? It's Trader Joe's, so it's like super affordable. Um, wow! Can't stop eating it. I got. I have. Right. I sincerely have five jars in the fucking pantry. I'll, I'll. I have to admit that I've. I have not checked this out, so I'm gonna have to go because I'm not a Trader Joe's shopper, honestly. Well, this no, it's that, you don't have one. It's only. It's. It's in the other town over there, out on the 25 or whatever. No, no there's actually two in. Uh, Minneapolis now. What do you mean? I just We've fucking left. There's Aldi. no fucking Trader Joe's. Oh, Aldi. Yeah, there's a new one on, on Washington. On Washington? There's one, in, there's one in off Excelsior by the St. Louis Park Target. There's one on yeah, Washington. Yeah, that's the one. There's a new one. Uh, yeah. St. Louis Park is the one I was thinking of. There's that one. But that's a big Yeah, there's one. that one. I mean, that's actually close to us, right? But it feels far. It feels far away. It's yeah. a pain in the balls. Yeah, I'm just not like, I don't know. I already am piecing together a couple places to do my shopping. I never. Like another one in the rotation. Until I moved here. Until up. I moved here. I never, ever was Trader Joe's, ever. But th- I got hooked on it. It was just like in my um, kind of circuit. And um, so it's one, of, you know, there's always, no matter what, there's three markets plus your specialties that you have to go to. Right. Um, so that's that became one of the three. Um, so check cool. this shit out. Check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. It sounds right up my alley. So oh, it's way um, up your alley. You love it. I, sounds like you know doing a fried rice and maybe sticking it on top of like a simple fried rice. Girl, you be. can put this shit on fucking anything. Like I, I mean, sincerely, like any fucking thing. It goes in soup. It goes on rice. It goes on fucking veggies. It goes on meat. It goes on wow. everything. Yeah, it's crazy. It just covers all the bases, you know? Yeah, that sounds really good. I'm going to definitely check it out. Uh, so I've got a couple couple picks here, but I'd have to say the thing that basically that had for sure the biggest impact on my life were um, perfect bars. Have you have you fucked with these perfect bars? I don't, I don't know from this. 
No, perfect. So it's a re- it's a refrigerated protein bar made out of like it's basically like made out of nut butter. And it what's cool about it is like it's it's so simple. So you're just getting like protein and fat basically. Um you know, so I've been doing this precision nutrition thing and they're basically like they're like cut out all this cut out all this stuff and I'm like, "Well, if I need like a simple Go to snack. What do you recommend? And they basically recommended these perfect bars. Oh. So it's like eating, you know, the 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 ones that are good are the peanut butter ones, straight peanut butter, and then they make a peanut butter chocolate chip one. But you're like 19 grams of protein in this bar. You're basically eating nut butter. It's really delicious and super enjoyable. How big? Show me how big it is with your hand. It's like about this thick, so maybe like an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half thick. And then, like the size of a normal granola bar, is it no, like a nor- not a kind? Is it the size of a, bigger than a kind bar? It's it's way thicker and denser. Than inch a and a half? Bar. Are you serious? I, I I feel like you're not right about it. It's an inch and a half. That's not it's like that. Maybe it's an inch. Okay. Um. So a kind bar is probably like what a half an inch. Yeah. It's about double the thickness of a kind bar. You can get them at Starbucks. They have them in like the oh. refrigerated section of the Starbucks. Fuck, I haven't seen them. Huh. Um, it's one of those things where once you see it, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. Cause they yeah, have yeah. the whole foods. They have them. They got bought out by Mondelez actually. So oh, Mondelez, of course, they're you know, they're fucking like everywhere. I'm surprised they're not at gas stations yet. <sighs> totally. But, they will be soon. Uh, yeah. So anyways, these things have been a huge impact on me. So when I was visiting LA, um, uh, I think Nicole and I were there. I think we missed you or, or you and I had drinks. That's right. We had drinks on the fucking fabulous, uh, oh, we went to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yeah, we went to the Beverly Hills Hotel and had like basically the patio to herself and had drinks. So yeah, that was rad. Uh, that same trip, I took Nicole to Blue Star and we had the just like straight old fashioned donut at Blue Star. And god damn, I don't know if there's a more perfect donut in all of America than that old fashioned donut at Blue Star. It's some shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's fucking it's, great. Like it's so it fucking annoying. It's so annoying that place. Right. The whole street, it just drives me crazy. I'm on my horn that whole fucking stretch. I just lay on the <laughs> I hit Venice, and I just yeah. I just put the horn on, and I'm on the horn until I get to Santa Monica. It's terrible. Yeah. I believe it. I, I will say, like, I agree with you that Abbott Kinney is, like, a little bit pretentious and a little— You feel like you just walked into, like, Malibu oh, Barbie or something. That's fucking— Malibu Hippie Barbie. What central. Um, um, I will say— into blues in blue stars defense like when you go in there it's kind of like no bullshit like it's efficient it's true that is true they, they got you in and out of there they pack up the shit they're not like well what else again it's a fucking donut want shop. A bag I mean, or whatever yeah, yeah exactly. i mean they could they could they could fuck it up it's la um i mean jesus down the street is a matcha place that you want to fucking ring everybody's neck within a mile radius so and that's tea so what the fuck right um yeah, man, that's some shit. I, it, you know, Beth is um, donuts for you. I know you're a fucking crazy donut man. Um, yeah, and um, you always have been. You love a goddamn donut. Beth is the same way. Um, and I, and I try to tell her about the old fashioned, and she just she doesn't fuck with it. Randy's is our spot. We go to Randy's in Inglewood. Is that one of the like old school places? That's the yeah. That's like it's the is that the one with the big famous donut sign. That's the one. Yeah. It's in all the movies and shit. It's yeah. great. It's fucking so good, man. She's got it on goddamn Bite Squad or whatever, or like whatever the delivery right. thing is. And she, and she, she doesn't drink, but with her, like, if she just has like a fucking work hangover, like 
just from yeah. or an irritation hangover in the morning on a Saturday. She just dials that shit up and she's got a dozen waiting for her at the door. Um, right. That's nice. That's nice. Um, let me drop two fast on the food products before we leave. Um, the uh, not though not a new product for 2019, new to me. Um, wrap snacks, legit. There's some great fucking selections in wrap snacks. Do you know from wrap snacks? No. The Cardi B habanero popcorn is okay. Oh, dude, wrap snacks. Yeah, it, they came out in like <laughs> 2014. I, like this sounds very vaguely familiar. Like like I heard about it in passing like six months ago. Oh, but dude, I never checked it out. So fun. Where do you, where do you get these things? Well, listen, friend, grocery. You're in fucking luck because. Um, I was in Minneapolis in October, um, and I was staying right in the old hood on, I was staying on Lindale and, um, and like 28th. And remember the, remember we used to walk down to the gas station all the time from the old office yeah, and get course. snacks. The loon. No, not the loon, but whatever. Yeah. The places on the corner. At Chevron or whatever across the street from the yeah. bike shop there. Um, yeah, yeah. Becky, she, that was her move. She'd go down there and get, she's like, let's go to the gas station. I'm like, get the fuck? I'm not going to a fucking gas station. Get out of here. Um, but it's fucking killer, man. Their snack selection there is on point. Um, and they have the full skew spread of wrap snacks. And when I was staying there, I was there for like a particular thing and just like locked down. Um, and that was I kind of ate out of the gas station to be honest for a week, um, and right. uh, which you know I've, I'm no stranger to, um, and unbelievable, unbelievable. The wrap snacks, man. I, I I got in I got wrapped into the universe. So I, I recommend it. The little yachty hot fries are fucking great. Um, little yachty wrap fries. The Migos Ranch popcorn is really good. Um, so check out the wrap snacks. Um, <laughs> the um, do they have a Danny Brown skew? No, they do not, dude. I would buy them all. They got to get a Danny Brown like Detroit something or other. Cardi B's got like four skews. She's got, you know, she's got a bunch. Um, and then there's a bunch of people, of course, being the fucking being the curmudgeon I am. I don't fucking know who any of them are, but. Um, but I do enjoy the snacks. Um, last food product out the door. Um, the Beyond Meat sausages are fucking huge surprise. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Really great. Really great. The brats. Yeah, man. In the in the Italian, um, they're fucking great. Like I had, I bought like a. The only time before I bought these that I had it was um. I got a Carl's Jr. burger with, with a Beyond Meat patty, and it was great. Um, and then the sausages I got, and I made them like just regular old Italian style, just sausage, peppers, onion, you know, vinegar, olive oil, garlic, whatever. Um, and they were fucking great, man. I don't know what the story is, but I'm telling you, man, the Beyond Meat is – is no joke. I've always loved fake meat, always. Um, but the soy, like, I can't, I, it just, it tears me up. Like, I get too, it causes distress. 
So right. Beyond Meat does it. Um, all right, let's move it, Doctor. What um what do you what else you what do you got on your list? I got a couple more things I gotta hit. Um they're fast though. What do you got? Oh, we haven't done a fucking movie yet. Are you are you gonna do a movie or what are you doing? Yeah, uh, let's jump to movie. I was going to do book, but I think we should do movie first. Fucking books. Who reads books? Since I was going to say, you probably don't even have a book. So. No, I don't have a fucking um, book. For me, uh, the clear and obvious winner of best movie of the year was <laughs> Parasite. <laughs> I knew I knew that would, I, I knew, and I love that it's clear and obvious. <laughs> and I knew this from, I, I knew Parasite was going to be your pick. I just knew it was. Um, and, 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 and there's, I have no bones with that pick, like the class division, like it's the, the, it's a, so good. It's, I love things where it's like, I haven't really seen this before because so for anyone who hasn't, hasn't, isn't familiar with this film, it's an, an independent Korean film called Parasite sort of swept all the award shows and there was a massive buzz about it for it wasn't getting wide distribution at first over here in the US and now it's like starting to pop up lots of places. I think you can maybe even like at this point go on Amazon or if not you should be able to go on Amazon really soon and uh, rent it on Prime or something like that stream it. Um, but I just love first of all I love you know you and I have discussed at length we love fil- films what con cons. Oh. And you know a family running a con of this sort. I just thought it was so unique. And then the way the film is one film for one half of the movie and then switches, uh, but is like such a consistent sort of modern noir story dealing with the uniqueness, unique challenges of that culture and that economy. And, Oh God, I just thought it was so good. It's and so well done. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. <laughs> Oh God, I love I love it. We the 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 2019 pick episode starts with, you know, they're not necessarily the it's not the best movie. It's what impacted me the <laughs> the clear and obvious. If you don't be, if you don't agree, you obviously don't have fucking eyeballs in your head. Um, right? Yeah, I love it. Um, and my confidence was also somewhat bolstered by in the same. By JG. Uh, text she, conversation that I was having with um, JG. We, when he was asking me about The Mandalorian, we chatted about um, Parasite as well. Dude, he has a mile long boner for the Parasite. I mean, of, as he should. As he know. should. As he should. As he should. Um, it's unbelievable. It's Korean. It's got everything, right? It's, yep. it's so good. Um, you know, speaking of like the con, um, and it, I mean, right in the um, right close by, uh, we've talked about the Criterion streaming um, service. Yeah, and we're gonna—I mean, in an upcoming episode, we're gonna have to—we're gonna have to sort this shit out and make a plan for people on what to do because it's now reached a saturation point where, like, you're gonna need to make decisions on what you need to subscribe to and what you don't or like what a plan might be for like it might be cheaper to buy this like because you know like hulu you only need the handmaid's tale you know or whatever it is like what you know i don't know but i'm just saying like we should we should game plan that for people because i think that would be helpful but um 
Well, yep. well, you, you, we'll do that. Let's do that. I don't want to get into it now because we're no, we we're can, already we can't do it running now. a little. Um, yeah. But I, I just want to drop real quick um, on the Criterion um, channel. Whatever the fuck on Criterion right now is um, they have a collection, and I will say this overall with Criterion, it has it that thing has over delivered. This is their first year. It's not even a full year. It's been six months. Since they launched, Filmstruck went down, um, you know, early in 2019 or 20, late 2018, I guess. And, and then um, quickly followed by the Criterion Channel. And that thing has consist. it just fucking over delivers. Like the thing that was great about Filmstruck was the programming and their collections and the way that they ran everything. And Criterion yep. robbed, well, they didn't rob because they owned half of it. But they just took the best parts of it and plugged it into their channel. Like they straight pulled their um, their double feature thing, where they just have like a bijou um, like movie sign out in front, and they run double features of B movies mm. of whatever. They're just paired movies. They're fucking great. One collection that they have right now is called The Art of the Heist, and it mm. covers you know it's got Big Deal on Madonna Street, Rafifi. Um, Bob LaFlimber, like all of the standards that you expect, yeah. but then it goes all the way into the seventies and, and, you know, covers off on the, uh, the, the Robert Mitchum, um, friends of Eddie Coyle. Um, yeah, it's got it all. It's so good. You just look at it and you're like, I can't fucking stop looking. They've got a Christmas blue collection, which is all films inspired by, the holidays, but not happy the other way. So they've got like right. the Christmas tale, the, that French movie. They've got, um, oh man, it's so good. Sorry, spent too much time there. Um, but Criterion Channel is fucking 2019 just was, is, was so good. So fucking good. Movie pick 2019 for me. Midsummer. Yeah. Ari Aster. Um, yep. His second movie. Also, something we've never seen anything quite like this before. It's true. To say the least. <laughs> you mean you mean Midsummer, the movie itself? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. I it's we haven't really seen something depicted like this. No. Nope. It, I mean it's there it has its obvious um, you know. Like it pulls from different things, of course. Like Picnic at Hanging Rock, I think, is in there a little bit. Wicker Man, the Wicker Man, obviously, it pulls yeah. from not the Nicolas Cage one, the original. <laughs> I mean, the Wicker Man is like it is a very close, like it's right there, right? Um, yeah. But I just think that thing, it was so impactful. Like I, I just, you know, a horror movie that unfolds. In broad daylight, in in like northern Sweden, where the sun never goes down, and yep. also, which is you know a very like eerie sort of backdrop. Um, but the thing that I love about it is that it is never the, nobody ever does anything wrong in the movie. Like there, it's purely cultural differences. I mean, there is some a little bit of light murder. Yeah. There's some light light murder. Right. It's light. <laughs> it's fucking light. But there's no but gruesome it, it, bad guy. Like it's cultural yeah. differences. 
Right. It almost makes it feel like the people who, um, the Americans who, you know, find their way into peril, let us say. I'm trying not to give too much away here. Like, almost they've done it because of their um, blatant disregard for and disrespect of the culture. Oh, yeah. I love that part about it, too. It's like, oh, fuck it. How bad can it be? Or how different could it be? And it's like, well, way fucking different, asshole. And and it's not, I mean, the movie is like through a particular lens of the of our, you know, protagonist. Um, it, I I think it, it, for me it was the it was the movie that I flicked on. Mark H. Shockingly, for the first time ever, Mark H. Gave me like the movie pick. Since the first, the, per, the first pick since Santa Sangre, which was what right. forty eight years ago, um, right? So, but yeah, this is all Mark H. and um, right. Of of course, he loves that. Film. <laughs> it's got right. This is all. It's got him written all over for, it, sure. for sure. So um, that's my pick. Um, honorable mentions. I, you know, I, I don't know if we're gonna have time to get into it today. The favorite. Um, I just fucking loved the favorite, and you know that yep. that dude. I'm just wild about him. I just love him. The sacred deer, the lobster, like all that shit. I, I I'm just I love that shit. Um, so that's probably number two, and then uh, dual honorable mentions side by side. Once upon a time in Hollywood and The Irishman are right there. And look, if you want to, if you want to do it now, we can. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I am. We're yeah. we're gonna have to have I'll it just, out on that because I know you don't like yeah. it. I I I mean, we've already sort of talked about so, some issues with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I had, specifically the Bruce Lee stuff. But um, the Irishman, Jesus. I just felt like the Irishman. I don't know. I'm just at a point where. It didn't feel like, you know, it's like watching your favorite band release the same record again and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, no one can argue with that. No one can argue with that in so many ways, right? The structure, yeah. the voiceover, the the recollection, right? Like, it's like Henry yep. Hill giving the recollection from jail. It's the same exact fucking structure. He it's plug and play. Right. He just plugs even the like stuff about all the cooking, chopping the garlic yep. and the cooking. I, I and know. Shit like that. I know. Yep. I know. But I, I mean, is that's enough for you to just say fuck you? This is a piece of. This is this is terrible. No, I'm not saying it's garbage. But I like saying it's the best film of the year when it's something. It's oh a, no no. Yeah, not a not Mm-mm. remotely a stretch. No, for, no, no. It is not the best movie of the year, but I mean, no chance. But it's great. It's super fun, and it's kind of the end of a fucking thing. You get finally, you get De Niro and Pacino again together, which I don't know. At right. a time when you, I, I want a little bit of fucking. I kind of want. It's been so much fucking upheaval and crap. I want a. I want a. It's the weighted blanket of movies. It's just like I know what I'm – it's just going to calm me down. I'm going to hear Joe Pesci. I'm going to hear fucking De Niro. I'm going to hear the voiceover, and I'm going to know the thing. The car is going to blow up. The boat's going to blow up because I can tell because they're – it's a wide shot, and they're 100 feet away from it. Like, 
it's just very comforting. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just not, um, I wouldn't even go as far as calling it great. I'm not even going to say that it's great. Because um, I don't think it's great. Um, I don't think it's terrible, uh, but I don't think it's great. By any, any stretch. I think it's super interesting. And, the What about the digital effects? Like, that's super interesting, and they worked well. Oh, God, who cares? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I guess. the, like, digital aging thing and all that stuff, like, I don't even care. You don't give a shit. I don't even care. Yeah. You don't need to do that stuff if you make a film that's relevant to culture you don't now need and to, use but interesting new talent. These are people like that how are, many young actors, how many fucking young actors would kill to be in a Scorsese film and here he is tapping the same guys he's tapped for like I know, but there's they deserve it. Since like this is this swan song. This is it. Like this is the fucking like it's the end of an era. Like deserve. Deserve because they're like they don't have any other opportunities. Like, give some. Oh, else fuck a off! I don't care about opportunity. I don't give a shit. Like, like honestly, like that's not. I'm I'm not into movies for like equal opportunity employment. Like, this is like I, I want. I want the. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about equal opportunity employment. I'm talking about adding something meaningful to culture that you. It's not fucking pulling out the same hot dish and warming it up again. Fuck, like, man, I don't know. I kind of want some leftovers. Like, I think a lot of people do. That's fine. Those people can fucking go watch the new John Favreau film, and I want three more films like Midsummer and Parasite. You know what I mean? Fuck, I mean, it's a strong. You're right. You're right in a way, but I mean, if it feels good, it feels good. I don't know what to say. Like, like if it's enjoyable and I like it, like it's it's so funny to say that about someone who just shit all over Marvel films and said that they aren't film because like. You, know, you gotta to love me, that that's shit, like, though. Like that's I I don't love that shit. I don't love that shit. At I all. know you don't. I know. You I think don't. he can. You hate he that. Can, you fucking hate that shit. I fucking hate it. I know you do. I hate it when people from quote unquote high culture shit all over low high quote culture unquote, low culture. He's making movies yeah. with fuck high culture. How the fuck is he high culture? He makes mobster movies. Exactly. High culture. But allegedly. But he does have his nose in the air. Other things aren't film. He does have his nose in the air about the films and the fucking film and the film. And he's got his fucking. I I, I hear you. I hear you. But let somebody fucking enjoy a fucking movie for once. What else? um, (laughs) I'm with. Listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw your. Away like that, like I I agree with you. Like there's there's nothing in that I, thing. Like it feels I, like God. It feels like Goodfellas Part Two. Yeah, right. But I I kind of wanted Goodfellas. Except part that two. was good. Except yeah. that was good. I like I, I mean, like how I, long it is. I, I don't even I don't even think it's as good as The Departed. Oh no, I don't think it is either. No, it's right. it's not it's not nearly as good as The Departed. Right. Exactly. No. So I don't know. Just. I what I would you know, and granted he's making movies from more like the culture that he knows, but it feels like the modern fucking gangster film has has to do with the cartels or violence on the I south know. side of Chicago. Like, I know, I'd love I to know. See him make make a movie and dig into something like that as opposed <sighs> to like God damn it! Don't tell you. See, this is the worst. You're gonna talk me out of this fucking movie. You're gonna talk me out no, of this thing. You you go ahead and like it, but like I just don't. Fuck Jimmy Hoffa, you know? For sure. Yeah, who gives a shit? But I mean, not who gives a shit, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Let him have it. I don't know. We've already seen that story. 
We, oh, we absolutely have seen that story. Um, God damn it. You did it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. Is yeah. that your Christmas present to me? <laughs> That's a fucking Merry Christmas to me? Ruining you, the you Irishman. the fucking thing. Irishman? You just put yeah. it in the same class. You know what? I watched the Downton Abbey movie last night. You just now yeah. And now all it's, I can do is... is is, is yeah. <laughs> I can draw the parallel between the two. <laughs> so that's what you did. You relegated the yeah. you relegated the Irishman to the fucking Downton Abbey movie. Thank you. Well, that's great. Well, let's fucking end on that. Um, oh, you son of a bitch. Um, what do you got? What else you got? We're at, we're at 120, so, hour 20. Well, I don't okay. give a shit, though, really, right? We haven't done an so, episode in a while. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, for book, uh, I really loved, and uh, I've talked before about my love of um, people that take genres and sort of mash them up in really new and interesting ways. So there's a book that came out last year um, that was in consideration for a lot of the sort of awards and best of lists and I think won some awards and people are definitely acknowledging that this is an innovative, really interesting book. It's called Gideon the ninth. And it's the story of, um, it sort of like takes fantasy and sci-fi tropes and sort of mashes them up in this really seamless, interesting way. It's about this, uh, yeah, it's, I don't even know. It's so, it's so hard to even describe it in a way that like, it's about necromancers in space, basically who are all called to this, um, sort of meeting of all of these different tribes from different planets, and there's sort of this competition to see who's going to rise up to this new sort of class. So it's got all this, like, it's got a murder mystery, and it's got sort of competition and fucking necromancy and all this, like, fucking crazy shit. It's just super interesting and super good. Um, it, it, like, definitely blends sci-fi and fantasy together in a really unique way that I haven't seen people do before. Uh, the author's name is Tamsin Muir. Um, the book is Getting the Ninth. Can't recommend it enough. Definitely go check it out. So po- I actually I put down podcast. Yeah, yeah I figured you a, would. A, a sub list. I think, um, have you listened or heard, if you listened to Radiolab, you might have heard the first couple episodes because they sort of teased the first couple episodes on Radiolab with this podcast and then spun it off into its own thing. There's a new podcast called Dolly Parton's America oh. that I think is so fucking fascinating. Shit. It's so interesting. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, no, I know about that. Yeah, definitely go check it out. I think it's amazing. First of all, I like had never realized how unbelievably fascinating she is as a person. Um, and still relevant, still doing things like oh, as a man. business person, yeah. an entrepreneur. You know, her cultural impact and all the things that she's got going on, just like really fascinating, especially in like the backdrop of what's happening right now in America between, you know, different classes and the South versus, you know, the part of the world that we're coming from. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, all right. Yeah. Huge fan of that. Crazy entertaining. Super good deals with class and is she you know, it, all sorts what of, part does she play in it? Uh, she uh, is interviewed and narrates a lot of it. And then other people are sort of um, wrapping, you know, parts of her life and the story around it. There's they pull in a couple of people that have written books about her and you know different people that have been involved in her life. Um, so so things it, like it's about her. It's it's kind of about her and it's kind of about. Spots but it's sort of about cur- current culture and yeah things that have happened and sort of the history of 
how feminism and women's roles and all that stuff has sort of evolved through the lens of her career and her music, um, which is really interesting. Fuck, yeah. So, yeah, I I think that's it. The last thing I had was the book and the podcast. So anything else you want to really make sure people check out? really. I mean, dude, I honestly, I had a throwaway here that, Meant to be a, it was supposed to be a bumper in between some big ones. I had a, I had a, I had a pillow change my life this year. A pillow. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, What's the pillow? I'm interested. Are you? Okay. So, yeah, of um, course. Well, all right. I'll tell you two things then if we're going to talk about my sleeping habits. Let's go. Every, settle in, everybody. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's take a minute and talk about my sleeping. Um, so always struggled between like, you know, pillows never fucking worked. This thing, that thing, tried them all, um, foam rubber down, fucking whatever. So, um, and there's, and you're flooded with all of the options now because the, the betting wars, like the online, you know, three hundred night trial, Casper Brooklyn versus and Lisa Casper and Casper whatever, yeah. and fucking all of them like yeah. that that created its own industry you know or uh, its own category and it created uh, you know all of the the ancillary sort of dropout skews out of those being yep. pillows um purple pillow is a pillow that is made of this like silicon like it's it's like not silicon it's silicone um rubber it's a grid and it's um the pillow itself is four inches high right it's this grid of silicone and um so since we're talking about silicone can you put this in in like boob cup size for for me, we're I can double D's. No, no, C. no. It's a C. <laughs> it's a C. Okay, solid C. <laughs> um, so it's a C cup pillow. Um, they only comes. <laughs> unfortunately, it only comes. It doesn't come in a in sizes. Um, I have a I have a big bed. It doesn't come in like a a big pillow. But it's a good thing because like the pillow that I have is whatever the regular size pillow is that you had when you were a kid, you know, it's fucking, I don't know, two and a half feet long, yeah. you know, 30 inch right. pillow, you know, long. Um, and, but the thing weighs, I, I shit you not, the thing weighs fucking like 15 pounds. It's heavy as fuck, you know, you, and it's a grid, it's a literal grid and, um, and it's the perfect height for, you don't touch the pillow. So usually the pillow you're fucking wrestling with it. You you wad it up. You roll yeah. it up for whatever. What do you mean? What do you mean? You don't touch it. Like you don't adjust it. You don't adjust it. It just sits at the top of your bed where the pillow goes, and you don't fuck with it. It stays there. It's heavy as fuck. It just sits there. Does, does it mold to your head? Yes, it's fucking silicone. It's a grid. It just fits whatever the okay. fuck you're doing. <laughs> like you, whatever you do, you roll over. You move whatever way you're going. It just fucking reacts, and it's got you. And I call Jesus. I call it the Dreamweaver. And I'll tell you what, here's from <laughs> Dreamweaver and Jack, he he steps with a pillow fight with a bullshit fucking down feather-filled pillow. And I roll in with a 15-pound 
fucking silicone pillow. His Just ass goes flying. He can't concussion. He can't even swing the thing. <laughs> he can't swing it. I right. can knock his ass across the fucking room with that thing. I clear him out three times a week with that thing. It's amazing. But the pillow like is so fucking legit game changer. They have like four, three or four different versions. Um, like they've got some like more traditional pillows. This thing's a fucking radical change. This will change everything in your life. This pillow. It's just a flat four inch fucking grid across the pillow fucking area, whatever. But then they got, so. go ahead. Yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Do you, what position do you sleep in? Side. I'm Are a side like sleeper. Side, okay. Do you put your arm underneath the pillow? No. No, I have a no. I have a holding pillow. I hold the pillow hard and tight like I'm going to get beat by somebody. Like I like hold a, sort of like a stuffed animal. There you or go. Yes. You yeah, yeah. Clutched you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um uh, yeah, just uh, like I'm scared holding something against me. In the fuck okay. in the night in the night. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Screaming. Okay. Screaming. Um but um yeah, so you gotta you gotta look it up. Just look it up. Purple pillow. They, like I said, they have some different versions, but so I I mostly do side sleeping and then but I stick an arm or a hand yeah, like underneath the pillow. Yeah, no. Nah. So I got this pillow that was specifically designed for people that do that, that's like a like a bridge. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. And you for the so it goes over people your People love arms. that thing. Your people you freak out over yeah. that thing. You like that? Yeah. Um I'll, I'll be honest, I bought it because I was like I can't believe somebody like has why interest. haven't I had this thing my whole life? Why haven't I had this thing yeah. my whole life? I bought it, I haven't really used it, I'll be honest. And so I'm I'm intrigued by the silicone pillow, but I I'm afraid that I would wedge my hand up under there and then it would just like yeah, wake up with like a disjointed shoulder or something. This thing, um, I keep the arms down. I keep the neck in a proper fucking position, and I got a bed that allows a little bit of, um, you know, literally fucking elbow room. You know, like I can let the right. I can let this half of the body go down into the bed a little bit, and then the head just goes yeah. on that thing. But it's un, it's a it's a game changer. So that matched with. I'm overweight and I got uh, I snore in the fucking the the uh the past the the, the airway has right. has problems at this age and this fucking situation that it's dealing with. So I use I, I got a mouthpiece that uh that kind of holds your jaw forward a little bit like this. So the bottom, uh-huh. not that I'm exaggerating, but it pulls the the bottom just a little bit, tiny little bit, and okay. I don't fucking snore anymore at all. I don't fucking snore. Interesting. At all, I sound like I'm. I sound like my bride when I'm sleeping, like a a hundred and ten pound fucking skinny girl is what I sound like right. when I sleep. I don't look like that. That's not what I look like. And I'll say the same nice. for my friend in New York, Mark H. Who snores? He will. He will rattle the fucking windows out of your house. The worst snorer in the history of snoring is Mark H. The worst. Um, I, I, I would put him up against anybody. Unbelievable. And I got him on this fucking thing, this mouthpiece, and done. And he's he's here at the house all the time. And you know when he like, and I can. You know, I go to bed and I'm, I've shared 
motel rooms with him for years. So I'm intimately, uh, you know, familiar with his snoring habits. And being here, right. I'm like, you know, he's down the hall in another, he's in another room. And he would stay and I'd be like, oh, there it is. And it actually now, it puts me to sleep. It's almost like having a fucking wife that sleeps that much, that snores that much. But now he's got the mouthpiece. He doesn't fucking snore. He actually put one of those apps on his phone and measured the uh, measured the the goddamn the sound waves. Sound output. And yeah. and he's he's done the side by side and shown me. He's got he doesn't he doesn't fucking snore anymore. He's he's yeah yeah. That's crazy. His lady's fucking her lady. She owes me. I I gotta I gotta talk to her. She fucking owes me. So, if anybody nice. snores, get a, get a, it's just a, I don't know, Google the f- snoring mouthpiece. Get that thing. Get the nice. fucking Dreamweaver and, and sleep well in 2020. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, with that hot tip for how to sleep great for the rest of your life, I think we can end things. Yeah, in there, case I didn't so. already put you to sleep That's, anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your bad time. Yeah, put put this podcast on and fucking get the dream. You won't wake up yeah. for a week. That mouth guard and the dream <laughs> yeah, weaver you're and you're set. Done. Yeah, you're done. 100% set. <laughs> You'll wake up realizing that John Favreau's a piece of shit and go on with the rest of your life. Exactly. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you had a, a positive and fruitful 2019, and we'll look forward to lots of great stuff in 2020 and not waste your time on all the bullshit that's out there. So uh, thanks, as always, to Kaya Fisher for the audio engineering assistance. Uh, thanks to JG for the text and the meaningful chats and inspiration. And uh, Happy New Year, everyone, and Happy Holidays. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs>